1: Is the wrestling is the of Here are your hopes. Here are your hopes. Here are your Emerson hopes. Whitner. Your Emerson.
2: Oh, yeah. Yes. 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 yes.
1: Brian, Whitney. Brian,
0: Brian. Oh, how much does that guy weigh? No! 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 Gather.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, because yes, we are live with yet another edition of the Wrestling Outsiders Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Emerson Whitner, joined as always by the same person who's joined me for about 76 of the last 79 episodes, my co host, my brother, Brian Whitner. Brian, how are you doing this evening? How? That means hello, Brian.
2: Hello. Salutations. Yeah. Greetings to all my peeps out in the podcast world. It is I, Brian Whitner. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Really Pretty fabulous, isn't it? Yeah, you're really getting a big head now, aren't
1: you? I am. I am. I'm, I'm moving on up in the world. Yes, yes, I can see. Uh, you must be wearing your brand new Wrestling Outsiders Podcast t-shirt. we have a t-shirt? No, we don't, but, you know. Oh, what the heck? I expect you to play along and, you know. Oh, yeah. Say
2: that. Uh, and then we also have a Wrestling Outsiders Podcast hat that can be purchased oh. fit it or non it. We, we have should get some Wrestling merchandise I wanted to buy. We have the Wrestling Outsiders Podcast socks.
1: Brian Whitner thong.
2: That's disgusting.
1: I agree. No one will ever buy one. No, so I feel safe.
2: I feel okay.
1: And I have a picture of
2: your face on it. We have, we, ha- we have, we have the five-year-old boy who needs to go to bed right now. <laughs> We're not selling oh, him. Not Why oh. not?
1: He's not going to bed. Oh, for the love of Christ! Human trafficking live on the podcast tonight.
2: Brian, <laughs> like, no. how much are you
1: selling your son for? Um,
2: he he's not for sale. So.
1: Oh God, we almost committed a federal crime in the first four almost. minutes of the show. Almost. Uh, well, tonight we're talking about SummerSlam 2000. I'm going to talk about tough enough. Hell, Brian watched part of the show. He may talk about Tough Enough, too. Uh, I just may. Yes, plus Brian's going to have an opinion, and if I have the energy, I'm going to do some ranting about Tetsuya Naido in the G1. You might. Yes. Now, Brian, we are down to five people on Tough Enough, so thank God I'm almost done having to watch the show. And thank God. This next week though, we got a busy week next week. We uh, do. Or at least I do, you know, you No, you I I, I
2: really do have a busy
1: week. For the podcast?
2: No, I have I have you know, I have my coaching starts next week full time. Noah has tenure camp next week. Um
1: and I have work. Wow. Huh. You know, Brian, it's nice to talk about things like that when uh, people have no idea what the setup is. So, you know, talk about how you're going uh, back to work and to uh,
2: every, no one ever no, heard you. No, I'm already leave. back to
1: work. I'm uh, already back I to I work the,
2: here, brother of mine.
1: You want to tell the people what happened?
2: Well, dumbass me got suspended from work.
1: So I should have been fired,
2: but my lovely supervisor forgot to send in the paperwork a while back for some stupid thing I did. And, yeah, I was great I had not been fired. Instead, I'm on probation for 60 days.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, we're going to actually have three shows next week. Uh, our first show, uh, of course, being next Wednesday night, normal time, 10 p.m., as we discuss uh, Starcade 91, The Lethal Lottery. Uh, yes. And then next Saturday, either at ten or ten thirty, we'll come up with the time later. Uh we'll be on after takeover, or at least I'll be on after takeover, uh, for the uh for the five year old talking into the show episode. And we'll also be reviewing NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. And then, of course, Sunday night, uh, SummerSlam, four hours this year. Oh God, that it's either going to be great or horrible. I, don't, I doubt the there's going to be hours any in between. The four-hour pay-per-view, or what? You mean the four-hour pay-per-view? Yes. Yeah. I can't imagine any uh, in between. I pretty much it pretty much has to either be great or just terribly awful. Yeah. True.
2: Oh, no, time will tell.
1: Yes. And then, of course, we'll finish uh, on the 26th. We'll be back with our regular show to finish up the month of August. Yes. 14.
2: And we forgot the da, da.
1: Sorry. I wish Brian would learn the actual words of that song, because, you know, we played it yeah, once. Yeah, that'd be nice. Huh? Yeah. We played it once. Yeah. We did. And we, we did. are on the countdown to our 100th episode, Brian. Bum, bum, bum. This is episode 79. Yeah. And And uh, now, we don't have a set schedule over the next few months, but I think, I figured if we go with the number of shows I think we're going to do, we're going to hit 100 uh, the first Wednesday in December. Oh, so.
2: And it'll set up,
1: and it'll be a beautiful uh, intro to our uh, Christmas and New Year's episodes. Yeah, December 2. And then we may just do one holiday episode this year. Not sure yet, but we'll do at least one on the 23rd. Maybe two, so the 23rd and the 30th. Uh, And yeah.
2: Be a so that's it for the rest time and the Wrestling Outsiders podcast.
1: Yeah, and and that's our plan for the for the rest of the year. Um, well, let me see here. The, today's seventy nine. Uh, let's see here. 80 is next week. Eighty one is Saturday. Eighty two is SummerSlam. Eighty three is the twenty sixth. Uh, there's, I said eighty three, right? Yeah. There's five yeah. Wednesdays. There's five Wednesdays in September, that's 88, plus Night of Champions is 89. There's four Wednesdays in October, that's 91, plus Hell Cell is 92. There's four Wednesdays in November, so that's 96, plus Survivor Series is 97. Um, so we're actually a little bit behind. Uh, 98, 99, 100. Um, I don't know when the TLC show is. There may also be an NXT show, so... Actually, based on my count, it's going to be around the 16th of December. If we do yeah. all the shows that we'd normally do, uh, the 16th of December is our 100th episode.
2: Beautiful, man. Beautiful.
1: Yes, and I, I, I've i got plans, Brian. Not oh, gonna, dear God. Yes, I'm not going to get into them too much right now because we're obviously a ways away, and Lord knows I may quit doing this podcast by then, but you know, or you may actually fire me. Well, if I fire you, I can still do the podcast and still reach a hundred. And then the hundredth sure. episode, the hundredth episode will be a special appearance by former co-host Brian Whitner.
2: Of course, of course. And mm-hmm. I'll appear on episode one twenty five, one fifty, one seventy five, two hundred. No. And the list goes on. No. no. No, you'll
1: you'll be lucky to appear on the two year anniversary show. Ugh, Bahamuk. Yes. So I'll
2: Summer's get thrown in playing, at the
1: huh? end. Hey, yeah, hey it's, the show. it's time to start talking about wrestling. Oh. I don't know record. how much you love wrestling, Brian. I do love wrestling. It is real. Brian, you gotta say it. Huh? It you gotta say the phrase. What? <laughs> It's still real to me, damn it. Oh, it's
2: still real to me, damn it.
1: We need to get him on the show. Dave Willis. Who? Dave Willis. The It's Still get Real right on to that. Me, damn it. Get right on
2: that. Maybe you can repeatedly say that, and that could be our new opening.
1: Yes, yeah, so we'll just have him on for half an hour, and he'll just say that over and over again. No one will tune out, I'm sure. Including yeah, me. Of course not. Of course yeah.
2: not. I'm going to hang up hung- after
1: the first five. Yeah, I'll, I'll have hung up. and Now you two can just finish out the show. Uh, okay, so SummerSlam 2000, Brian. Uh, yeah. The last thing to happen um, on the last SmackDown before the show saw Kurt Angle kiss Stephanie McMahon. Um, yeah. Now, this, yeah is, now, this was a actually young, a hot pretty hot Yeah. Yes, oh, yeah. 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 This was actually you know a pretty hot storyline at the time, in that you know the fans actually wanted to cheer Hunter, and so the idea you know was that Steph would go heel on would heel on Hunter and go with Angle, and Hunter would turn babyface, but Hunter refused to let that happen he refused to go
2: face mm.
1: he he refused not only to go face but he refused to let stephanie have a romantic storyline with anyone else i uh, will go figure and yeah I 'cause cuz this was around the time when those two started you know making real life googly eyes at each other so i mean i can Aww. see it to an yeah so i can see it to an extent going you know i don't know if i want uh, someone else to be making googly eyes at her Even if it's just on TV. The big Google. Thankfully, Brian's phone is still doing that fun noise that I've asked him repeatedly to mute his phone during the show. Yeah, that noise, Brian. All right, so Brian's off the show for a while. Uh, Let's see if a minute or two on mute will do him any good. So SummerSlam, uh, <laughs> we started the show six-man tag team match, uh, Two Cool and Rikishi versus the Right to Censor. Um, the Right to Censor uh, was Stephen Richards, Bull Buchanan, and the Good Father after the Godfather turned heel. Um, now the uh, uh, now the Right to Censor was Vince McMahon getting pissed off because the Parents Television Council. Uh, went after all the WWF sponsors Um, and so Vince instead of you know trying to cooperate and trying to tone down his product went all pissy and formed his own heel group based off of it now Brian who's continuing to make more noise even after I took him off mute um, Brian what are your memories of the RTC well They also had the worst theme song ever.
2: (laughs) Yes. And and that sounds about right. (laughs) They were just a whole bunch of people that went from answering together.
1: Yes. Now, later they did get both Val, Venus, and Ivory. Uh, Val Venus gave up being a porn star and Ivory gave up doing absolutely nothing because, you know, she was really doing nothing at the time. And, uh, yeah, they, yeah. Were fact- they were a faction for a good, you know, seven, eight months. Um, yeah. What the hell are you doing over there, Brian? I have no idea. My phone's goofing up. Thank God we have that on the air. So Rikishi came out with two of the Godfather's former hoes, one of whom was Lisa Marie Verone, uh, who you and everyone else may know as Victoria. And uh, oh. a, few weeks, yeah, a few weeks before this match, Godfather actually put her through a table. And actually in the year 2000, Victoria managed to be on both Raw and Nitro. Oh. She was one of Scott Steiner's freaks. On Nitro or uh, in the year.
2: I air. feel she will fit in better as a freak
1: than a, than a whore. So you'd rather have her be Scott Steiner's sex slave than be The Godfather's sex slave?
2: Yeah, I mean, she has, like, the muscle tone to be, like, a freak as opposed to a whore.
1: Well, it's not a whore. It's a hoe. Oh, sorry. Same thing. Yes, Brian. You know, I, don't, I wouldn't want to call you... Uh, Oh
2: <laughs> Like like I, I feel bad for hackflugs and juggins. I'm sure everywhere he goes, just randomly people start saying, Oh I bet he loves it. <laughs> I I'm sure he loves it at first, but then I'm sure again he also gets annoyed by it.
1: Well, Speaking of things to not be annoyed by, there was nothing wrong with this match, the opening six-man tag. The fans did go nuts for it. It went just under five minutes. Uh, the finish saw Scotty go for the worm, um, but before he could actually do the break dance part of it, Steven ran in, hit the Stevie kick, and the right to censor won. Um, I was wondering how he was going to do the worm, because Bull Buchanan, he bulldogged him in the middle of the ring, and so Scott didn't have a whole lot of room to actually do the worm. But we never had to find out. Of course not. That's how they roll. Yes. Earlier tonight on Heat Brian, my Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, called Coach a fourth string announcer. Okay. And he was wrong yes. again, Al? He wasn't. At all? Uh Shane McMahon, the hardcore champion, was backstage running away from Steve Blackman because you know, he they it's not like they had a match later on or anything, you know. Okay. Um, Road Dog versus X Pac. Brian, what was the most annoying part of this match? Um
2: the intros.
1: No. No. Uh, nice to I think ask, in my a- it was something that the announcers said. Oh, I don't know. I don't pay attention to the announcers half the time. You don't pay attention to Jim Ross, the best announcer of all time? No,
2: anyway, no, no, no,
1: no. Well, anyway, uh, they started saying this a few months earlier, and it was just as annoying then. They went on and on about how Road Dogg and X-Pac were the greatest tag team in WWF history. Never minding oh, the yeah. fact that never minding the fact that Billy Gunn was injured and so obviously, you know, the greatest tag team arguably up to this point were the New Age Outlaws. And since Billy Gunn was injured, they just pretended that X Pac was Billy Gunn. Yes.
2: Um
1: the match was fine, the finish saw, Road Dog go for the pump handle slam, X Pac kicked him in the groin and won with the X Factor. Um and by the way I asked Lauren uh I told Lauren Brian tried selling his son in the first five minutes of the show. She said yeah. for how much and I said we didn't get that far. And she said that's probably for the best. Probably. I agree. Uh, by the way, I'm going to be making a best of the wrestling outsiders comp- compilation. That will be on there.
2: Oh, I'm sure that. And you saying that wrestling is real and uh,
1: uh, the worst. Thing. I'm not the one that said. I'm not the one that said wrestling was real, Brian.
2: Uh, I, I'm sure. I'm sure like the entire thing will be dedicated to all my fuck-ups.
1: No, there'll be some of me ranting and raving and spitting and. Some stump Emerson times, especially the time you flipped out because I got the question right. uh, The time that you said the bad news was our show was starting. The time I told you not not to curse and the first thing out of your mouth was, what the fuck? (laughs)
2: Um,
1: By the way, after the match, X-Pac tried to shake hands and be friends again. And then dog's like, dude, you kicked me in the balls and gave Pac a pump handle slam.
2: Sure. That makes sense.
1: Oh God. Now Brian, they uh, you may have seen them plug a couple times that the that the next night on Raw, Raw was uh preempt, not preempted, but was postponed due to the US Open. So instead of airing yeah. from nine to eleven, we're there from eleven to one AM. Yes, I did. Now, Brian, I've got a trivia question for you now. Raw aired aired from 11 p.m. to 1.05 a.m. the next night, and Nitro ran two hours unopposed from 8 to 10 p.m. in primetime viewership hours. Who won the ratings battle between Raw and Nitro? I'm still
2: going to say Raw.
1: Raw got a 4.9 rating from 11 p.m. to 105 a.m., and Nitro got a 3.5. Raw still Dang. won by one and a half points. Even
2: though they were on much later than I expected.
1: Yes. <laughs> that's, some, that's something that would happen to TNA, too, you know? People were always like, what would have happen happened if WCW stayed in business? It happens every Wednesday night on Destination America.
2: Okay.
1: Sure. Uh, um, up next, now Vince Russo is out of the company for almost a year at this point, but up next was a Vince Russo specialty. Val Venus and Trish Stratus in a mixed tag team match against Eddie Guerrero in China for Val Venus' Intercontinental Championship. Let, let me repeat that in, okay. case you're, in case you know you didn't hear me correctly. Val Venis and Trish Stratus in a mixed tag team match against Eddie Guerrero in China for Val Venus' Intercontinental Championship.
2: Yeah, very much. up.
1: Now, this is not the Trish Stratus that evolved into this great worker that we all remember and love. This is pussy Trish Stratus, that, you know, her only offensive move was the slap. And this is China who is taller and wider than Eddie Guerrero, her partner. Yeah, it was just, yeah. China won the match, Brian, and the Intercontinental Championship uh, by pinning Trish Stratus. So, yes, China won the Intercontinental title from Val Venus when she pinned Trish Stratus.
2: It's as messed up as it sounds, folks.
1: And I, I don't know if this is more messed up or not, but the fans didn't give two shits when Eddie Guerrero and Val Venus were in the ring. But damn, did they bust a nut when Trish and China were wrestling? for lack of a better word. Of course. It's two chicks going at it, even though they, even though they both suck. Well, China, I remember, uh, while we're talking about China, I remember the good old days of the year 2000, when, of course, you know, we're all talking about what girls on WWE and WCW would like to bone. And, you know, Stacey Keebler, Miss Hancock, was always up there on my list. And a few others like Molly Holly, et cetera, I remember everybody going on and on about how hot China was and how sexy China was, and and you know I know it's easy to hear me say it now, but back then I did not find her attractive at all. And of course the kicker being because I didn't think China was attractive, everyone called me gay. Of course. Yes. I think if I found China attractive, you know that might be more gay than not finding her attractive, Brian. Possibly, possibly. You make excellent. excellent. You have any thoughts on the match, Brian?
2: No, not really. It was a typical intergender match. A bit more intergender. Kind of got but
1: well, you know they <laughs> were <laughs> Uh, this was the short-term angle where Val Venus was no longer a porn star, but this was before he joined the right to censor. So he was just a serious wrestler, damn it, who managed yeah. to have a manager who had giant fake breasts. But, you know, still. Of course.
2: Of course. Speaking of giant fake breasts, say when does that work? We went swimming, and this older lady had the biggest boobs I've seen in person in a very long time. And yeah,
1: very. I thought you were going to talk about. I thought you were going to talk about Stephanie because Stephanie was up next, even though she didn't have fake boobs at the time. No, no, I'm going back to the old lady at the pool, and skin
2: tight white bikini, with tits the size of my head. Guys, kind of disturbing. Oh. Well, we were calling us us teachers were calling them her own personal slowies. So yeah, good time i- re- you've
1: never met Lauren, right? No, no, uh, I've heard you tell me stories about her okay, what well, I hope you? if you ever do, you make these these jokes to her, so then I want to tape her beating your ass <laughs>
2: all, right, you so... mean, awesome.
1: all right, so let's uh let's take a quick break here before we move on and play some music. Get off and, That's the
0: and that is it for us today. Okay, I don't know what. Whatever it is, it's not right on the teleprompter. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that.
1: No, there it is. We are going to do sting. Yeah.
0: Okay, but okay. Th- now I can't read it. There's no there's no words on it. Okay. Ready? Sure. There's yeah. no words there to play us out. What does that mean to play us out? is gonna do it's a video. Sing video. What is for credit. I don't know what that means to play us out. What does that mean? To end the show? Yeah. Yeah. All right, go, go. In five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is a okay. In five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. And we will leave you with a I can't do it. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. No.
2: We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live.
0: I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Right. Fucking thing sucks. 4 five, four, three. That's tomorrow and that is it for us today. I'm Bill O'Reilly. Thanks again for watching. We'll leave you with Sting and a cut off his new album. Take it away.
1: Uh, Bill old
2: Bill We should have him on the show.
1: Oh, my God. What the hell is wrong with you? I should send you a list via email. <laughs> yes, I want you to do that. And one week, <laughs> instead of talking about wrestling, we'll just read that list. Of course. Uh... <laughs> I, I'm serious. I want a list from you. And oh, yeah. that sounds like that sounds like the greatest segment on, in our show's history. <laughs> I'm making a I'll note of it to myself. Uh, Brian's list of what's wrong with him, and I'm going to text you all week for it.
2: All right, I'll get right on that. And then next week you will read the list of everything that's wrong with me.
1: Yes. While well, we're talking about Starcade '91, and undoubtedly talking about what Brian's list of what's wrong with him will be better than Starcade '91,
2: I feel very confident on that. Yes. So what you're saying is that we should probably curse out Pirates for picking such a bad episode.
1: Yes, it, it's not Brodus Clay's fault, Brian. It's your fault. You could have picked That's any not. other number. Yeah, Brian. Yeah. So back to SummerSlam, Stephanie and the makeup lady were backstage talking about Steph kissing Kurt. And Steph, clearly smitten, said Kurt was a good kisser. Oh, shucks. Aw, yeah, shucks. Taz versus Jerry the King Lawler. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah.
1: Taz spent the whole match talking shit to JR. Uh, he'd do a move and then just stop and yell down to to Ross. Uh, the king made his comeback after he rolled out of the way of a senton bomb by Taz. Yes, Taz, 5'7", 230 pounds, blocked me on Twitter, uh, went for a senton bomb. uh made oh, a pile driver, but Taz no-sold it. The ref got bumped a- somehow, so Taz slapped a- on the three. choke. What was that? I said, why did he uh, uh,
2: stop you on Twitter, block you on Twitter?
1: I'll get into that when I finish talking about the match, Brian.
2: Oh, okay, go ahead.
1: Taz slapped on the Taz mission. JR stood up, looked at the referee being down, and he took his glass candy jar and smashed it over Taz's giant head, and the king covered him for the win. And... uh JR cut his hand open and spent most of the rest of the show uh, having to get towels to uh, keep the bleeding down. Of course. Now, Brian, do you really want to hear me talk about why Taz blocked me? Yes, I didn't know he blocked you. Yeah, yeah. Him and Vince Russo both have blocked me. Um, Taz, for a completely different reason. Um, Yeah, yeah. Um, the other day, I was watching Raw from September of 2001, and it was right when Tori Wilson started, quote-unquote, dating Tajiri. And uh, so Stacy Keebler came up and challenged Tajiri to a match, uh, and Stacy said that she'd find someone tall, dark, and handsome to uh, wrestle Tajiri. And she found Taz, who, you know, at the very least has one of those, qualities. He is dark. And yeah. so, of course, I I went to Twitter and made a little joke about how Stacy was looking for someone tall, dark, and handsome and picked Taz. And, well, Taz blocked me. Nah,
2: nah, nah. Uh, good job, title
1: match, Brian? Do you have anything to say about Taz and the sure. King and J.R.? She's hardcore. She's Who's hardcore? hardcore. Huh? Who's hardcore, Brian? Mikey. Mikey Whipwreck? Yes, she's hardcore. Someone tell me when I mentioned Mikey Whipwreck, because, you know, I didn't.
2: No, but you just said the next match was the hardcore match, so that's what set me off.
1: Yeah, and then I asked you your thoughts on Taz, the King, and JR, and you started talking about being hardcore. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you
2: were I thought you said something about the
1: hardcore match up next. I did, and then it said unless you have something to say about the last match. Um what why are we even having this match? Because there you go. uh of uh, the greatest line of Taz's history where he said where he threatened to slap Jim Ross except God already beat him to it. Yeah, sure. So Shane McMahon, the hardcore champion versus Steve Blackman. Uh you know how prestigious that hardcore title was. Um among other people who held the belt in the year two thousand was Gerald Briscoe twice, Pat Patterson Pete Gass, Rodney, and Shane McMahon. Uh, Godfather Ho? What? Godfather's Ho, was that one of them? Uh, I don't think. Well, I know Godfather's Ho won it, but I guess it would have been in 2000 because she wouldn't have been around in 2001. So, yeah. Bobcat, uh, Godfather's Ho, won the belt in, uh, I think, May of 2000. Uh, Crash. Crash held the belt 17 or 18 times. Uh, Raven eventually. By the way, Raven is the uh, most prolific champion in WWE history, holding 26 hardcore championships. Yes. How's
2: that yeah, been, Tripp? Uh, so, then a some question.
1: Actually, I'm confident that Cena's probably beaten that by now. So, I mean, 15 world titles plus four U.S. titles, that's 19, plus four tag titles, that's 23. And do you want anything else? So I, guess, I guess not. I guess not think The scene is getting close to being the most prolific champion, but maybe Jericho, if I really figured it out, But or Edge even. Yeah, maybe Edge, all the tag titles. Yeah, 11 tag titles, 11 world titles. Uh... At least three IC titles, a U.S. title, Uh, that's 26, I think. And if he won anything else, then he is the all-time record holder, but we'll figure that out some other time because we're still talking about Shane McMahon and Steve Blackman. Blackman kicked his ass in a very entertaining match. Um, Shane spent the entire show avoiding Blackman like the plague and now had to face him. At one point, TNA interfered. Oh, wait, not, not TNA, TNA, Test and Albert. Um, sure. All three of them dragged Blackman to the stage. Blackman fought off Test and Albert, and Cheney McMahon had nowhere to go, so he, could, he had a number of options. He could run backstage, he could run back to the ring, he could run through the crowd, he could run to a waiting car in the parking lot. Shane McMahon instead decided to climb up a giant piece of scaffolding to get away from Steve Blackman. If this was real, Brian, what was Shane's plan when he got up there? To
2: crawl across the top of the scaffolding to get to the other side.
1: But there wasn't anything to crawl across. It was just a giant, you know, just one giant straight pillar up and down. Now, I think everyone okay. has. Seen, I think everyone has seen Shane McMahon's bump at this point. Uh, Blackman climbed after him, hit him in the back with a couple of kendo sticks, and Shane took one fucking amazing bump from about a good twenty feet in the air. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. Like and like it just he took like a dead man's bump. He just fell flat down on his back. You know, we, we see some crazy bumps in the TLC match coming up in a little bit, but this one, damn, you know, nice. uh, Mick Foley told a story in one of his books about how, uh, catering had closed down. There's no more food in catering, but he knew that Vince had, you know, steaks in his office. So Mick went into Vince's office to get a steak And Linda's in there crying in hysterics uh, about Shane, uh, you know, if he's okay, et cetera, et cetera. And Mick, seeing the situation, could have just, you know, walked out the door and, you know, excused himself. No, he just went and got his steak out of Vince's refrigerator. By the way, uh, not that I think I need to point this out, but Blackman did win the match and the hardcore title. Really? ever got. Yeah, Shane did not kick out of falling thirty feet.
2: Hmm.
1: It was more than thirty. No, it was it was a good twenty to twenty five feet actually. Hmm. Up next, because okay. you know th- this show had ten matches. By the way, Jim Ross said there was eleven matches. So when Undertaker and Kane was going on, I was trying to think. Who the hell was left to have another match other than the main event, and it turns out nothing else was still to come except the main event. What? Jesus Christ, we're already forty minutes into the show. Time to speed things up. Uh two yeah. or three falls, Benoit versus Jericho. Um, the match went thirteen minutes, which, you know, meant that Uh, The Stips completely killed the match because they had to do three falls in 13 minutes. Uh, It was still very good, but the Stips ruined it. Uh, The first two falls, they split, obviously, tapping to each other's finish. And then the final fall saw them reverse cradles and roll-ups, and Benoit grabbed the ropes for the win. What would you think of it, Brian? Not as good as their ladder match at the Royal Rumble of 2001. Nope, that was a
2: decent two-out-three falls match.
1: Well, ninety minutes into the pay-per-view, Triple H finally decided to show up. That's good for him. I don't know what the hell he was waiting for. You no, know? other that's people are there all day. Hunter just like, yeah, I'll show up whenever the hell I want. You know what? If they decided to schedule the match first instead of last, you know, finish the show with Undertaker versus Kane. He, he will miss his match. It was very sad. Exactly. Well, he got there just in time because it was time for the stunt show. Tables, ladders, and chairs. Oh, my. Oh, my. The first TLC match for the WWF Tag Team Titles, Edge and Christian, the Hardy Boys and the Dudley Boys. Just an amazing stunt show. The second part of their three-match ladder-match series that these three teams would have. Now, of course, the Hardys and Edge and Christian actually had um, at least two other ladder matches just against each other in the same period of time. Um, And then, of course, they each had a bunch of tables matches with the Dudleys. But uh, the three teams had three ladder matches, and to this day, I'm still shocked that Edge and Christian won all three ladder matches. Me too. I, I'm kind of shocked about that. Yes. I remember uh, when, Edge and, when they announced this match, I was like, ah. you know, Edge and Christian won to WrestleMania. It's in the Hardys' neck of the woods. So, you know, the Hardys will probably win here. And then Edge and Christian win. And then at WrestleMania 17, when they announced TLC2, I'm like, oh, my God. It's like, who, who's going to beat them now? But they won again. and. It took Benoit and Jericho for someone else to finally win TLC against them. Sadly. Um, Now, you can argue, you know, while these ladder matches uh, shortened the six men's careers, all six of them became bigger stars because of these. Oh, yeah. Um, Between the six of them, they won 23 different world titles. If you include the ECW title, there was twenty-six. Um, the only one to not win any version of the world title was well, it was brother Devon, Devon Dudley. Um, everyone else, you know, got a, something extra, but Devon got to be the TNA TV champion. Brian. Wow. I Quite know, right? Yep. Very highly anticipated. Uh, uh, this match raised the bar From the triangle ladder match at Wrestlemania They built off all the crazy Bumps from the first time uh, Jeff Hardy did a swanton From the top of the ladder But Bubba Ray who was the person that took it At Wrestlemania ran out of the way And so Jeff did the Swanton straight to the floor uh, Bubba Ray Became the first person to Take that bump where you know, You're know you standing on top of the ladder And the ladder Slowly gets pushed over and he takes the flying bump out of the ring through the stacked up tables bump. Lita ran down at one point. She did not jerk edge off the ladder, but uh, she did uh, get speared outside the ring. And I'm still not sure to this day if Lita cracked the back of her head off a ladder or if, you know, it was just a real loud sound when she took that spear. I
2: don't know either.
1: It was like she did, but at the same time, it didn't. So yeah, it's a tough call. Tough call on these. Matt Hardy took that crazy ass. Matt Hardy took the Shane McMahon bump. You know we're talking about? Shane fell backwards off the scaffolding. Only instead, Matt Hardy fell backwards off the top of the ladder, through two tables at ringside, which is just as fucking crazy, by the way. Because you know Agreed. he almost he almost smashed his head off the barricade too. Yeah, that would kind of would have sucked, probably. Kind of. Kind of. And yeah, the finish, uh, after all that, the finish saw Devon and Jeff climbing the ladder on either side. Edge and Christian pulled the ladder out from under them. So Devon and Jeff were hanging on to the support that held the titles up. Uh, and E&C knocked them off there with ladders. They set up the giant ladder in the middle of the ring, climbed up and retained the Tag Team Championship. Your thoughts on this amazing stunt show, Brian?
2: It was one hell of a stunt show. It was a lot of ooze and aahs and almost broken bodies and probably a few concussions. You
1: know, fun stuff. They were sore the next day, needless to say. That's putting it nicely, I feel. Yes. Uh, finally, after three days, Hunter, Hunter finally confronted his wife about kissing Kirk. My question is, what did they do when they went home that weekend? Did Hunter just not talk to her for three days? Did, you know, they just pretend it didn't happen, and then Hunter suddenly saw replays over and over again. It was like, oh, fuck. What would you do, Steph?
2: And uh, were in the back when it happened, and then all that stuff happened, so yeah.
1: Uh, So after three days, Hunter suddenly asked his wife about kissing Kurt. Steph said they took advantage of her, and Hunter told her to stay away from Kurt. And that led us to the stink face match between the cat and Terry. Now, actually, when I wrote this down, I wrote the cat versus Perry Saturn, um, which is much funnier than the cat versus Terry.
2: That was an absolutely
1: harder one. Al Snow was inexplicably in the cat's corner. Uh, Perry was in Terry's corner. Um, At WrestleMania 2000, these two were actually the ones that went out after the Triangle Ladder match, and now they follow TLC1. Sadly, the cat was fired before they could do the same match at WrestleMania 17. Now, despite having three children, Brian has apparently never seen a naked woman because this was his favorite match. So, Brian, tell me why this was your favorite match. I I was very sarcastic when I mentioned this. No, you actually didn't. You just said, uh, oh, so the the Stink Face match was my favorite match. Uh, Yeah. You never said said anything about sarcasm. Um, And so the whole point of this match was to see Two attractive women in bikinis trying to stick their face in uh or trying to stick their ass in their opponent's face. Personally, That's Brian fair. Yeah, personally I, I think I would have tried to forfeit the match. What about you? I feel the same way. I definitely would have tried to do the same thing, Anderson. Yes. <laughs> I'm reading some of the texts that uh you've uh sent me, including you saying Oh, yes, forgot, T-H-W-T-V-U-B-W-E-J-T to that. Oh,
2: yeah. I mean, yeah. I yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, yes, here it was. Uh, I um, I said, uh, make sure to watch SummerSlam 2000. You said, I did. My favorite match was a Sting Face match between the Cat and Terry. I said, of course it was. And you said, it was. Like, Okay. If you say so, Brian. Thanks, Emerson. Um, and so, you know, Terry won at WrestleMania, so the cat got her win back. Um yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And so that was that match, you know, five-star match, I think, you know. Uh,
2: like, why Why they didn't rate this a five-star match? I mean, it ranks up Ramsar as Eddie Grove versus Ray Mysterio from Halloween Havoc.
1: Uh, I think ranks are uh, up there with the Flair Steamboat match, possibly too. Yeah. Um, and so that then leads us to. By the way, uh, Midian's number one fan was at WWF New York. Unfortunately for that guy, Midian was not there. Instead, Bradshaw was there drinking Jack Daniels. So you know, okay. I approve. Uh, me too. Me
2: too. I'm like you're all Jack.
1: Undertaker versus Kane, uh, they claim the the bell never rang to start the match despite them being in the ring at the same time and the bell ringing while they were fighting outside. But either way, they fought all over the place. Taker ripped Kane's crimson mask off so he could wear the crimson mask. And then Kane just ran away at one point, and that was the match.
2: Yeah. They could, not have,
1: they could not have done a dumber Undertaker versus Kane match if they tried. Sure, sorry. And, you know, like I said, I spent the whole mm-hmm. match wondering what the hell the semi-main event was if there were supposed to be 11 matches on the card and this was the ninth match. And, like, I'm going through WF's roster at the time and I'm like, there's no one left. <laughs> like, but, you know. Uh, backstage Stephanie Steph got a call from Linda, uh, but we saw Kurt Angle actually making the phone call. So we knew it was Kurt that called Steph. Uh, and Hunter wanted to talk to Linda. And Linda hung up on Hunter. wonder why Linda's got such the attitude, Brian. I know. That would smack the shit out of her. I know. Yeah, Let's here. That was some bitch smack. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. The Rock versus Kurt Angle versus Triple H for the WWF by God title. Um, Angle came out. What was that? I said by God, by God, by God. Angle came out first. Um, Hunter followed him and beat the fucking shit out of him. Um, They did the famous spot where Hunter went to pedigree Kurt through the Spanish announce table. unfortunately, the table broke early. kurt had no Kurt's arms were hooked, so he had no way of protecting his, himself and smashed his head right off the cold, hard concrete floor and knocked him the fuck out. That's putting a nicely um in his in the in his book excuse me, Kurt talked about how uh they were supposed to go backstage and Steph was gonna pull Kurt off the stretcher and say it, tell him to go out and help. Tell him to go out and help Hunter. And Kurt was going to say anything for you, Steph. And they must they rehearsed it like a dozen times, and Kurt couldn't remember his line. And but then when the lights were on bright, Kurt remembered what to say, and it's like you never knew. And so Kurt dragged nope. his ass to the ring. Uh, and they had a pretty good little three-way match, Brian. Yes, yes, they did. Either, uh, the even the uh, cur- offensive moves. Uh, the Rock did win. Uh, surprise, surprise. Um, and that was that. Uh, yeah. The Rock, though, The Rock was pretty much an afterthought in this entire match. Uh, the build-up really had nothing to do with him. It was all about... Hunter and Kurt. The Rock was pretty much just there uh, to be the third man in the match. And, you know? And giggles. And freaking giggles. Yep. So that was SummerSlam, Brian. Easy thumbs up in my book. What do you think?
2: I feel the same way. Good. I mean, obviously obviously the match that carried it was the distinct face match, but... (laughs) I mean, coming in a close second would have to be J- uh, Taz versus Jerry Lawler. Well, don't forget to write the right to censor. No, that that was that was that was down on the list.
1: That was, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's it. <sighs> okay, so time to move on. Yes. Yeah. Derpy music is playing Brian You know that only means one thing It's time for Brian To delve into his brain And this the one time a week When I ask Brian for his opinion On something Because yes it's time for Brian's opinion Brian You know I tell you to prepare for this Every single week And every single week Every single week you manage to disappoint me Brian I'm very sorry I even went out of my way to get you some theme music for this segment. You did. You did. Here we go, Brian. I I always pull up the timer to see, you know, how long uh, these segments are going to go. So let's hear it, Brian. What's What's my record? uh, 23 seconds. So, Brian, let's see if you can break that. What, pray tell, Brian, is your opinion this week? Um. I'm sorry, Brian. I can't hear you. Is Brian just muting himself or, you know... Wow, Brian. How many seconds is that? How many seconds is that? It doesn't count. You have to actually this say something. This is bullshit. You have to actually say something, right? You can't just sit there in oh. silence and count that has the segment. Let's go. Okay,
2: okay. Now, now, arguably, Everson, the most the most famous raw segment of all time is Stone Cold Steve Austin's beer truck. Am I wrong to assume that? It's your opinion. Go on. Okay, okay. It's About a couple years after that, WWE tried to redo it with Kurt Angle's milk truck. Correct? Yes. Okay, so... My, my, this this is my opinion for the week. This is wrestling, somewhat wrestling related. Okay, so you have a milk truck. Now, what cookies slogan is America's is milk's favorite cookie? I don't know Oreos. Yes, Oreos. Thank you very much. Did you know that there's over thirty different flavors of Oreos? That doesn't count. It's milk <laughs> I mean, I mean, if if, if the, uh, the invasion, what were they called? Uh, ECW, WCW, if they had lots of cookies when Kurt Angle was giving them a milk bath, they would have had a very nice dessert. They, that they could doesn't have had such count. Flavors as, they could have had such flavors as caramel apple
1: or... It still doesn't count. Ted's or tail's banana split. Really that doesn't count. Um- It's It's wrestling related. No, it's
2: not.
1: How's it not wrestling related? It's about the milk truck. It's about milk and time travel because you want people from 2001 to eat cookies that didn't come out to 2015. No, actually 2015 2015 brought you the flavors
2: of s'mores, red velvet, (laughs) and ladies and gentlemen, the newest one brownie batter which i just had a couple before we went on air and they're not too
1: bad brian, I I've got, thumbs up brian i've got all night wrestling opinion, i dear brother wrestling opinion brother. now there's no there's no such thing as a wrestling opinion dear brother of mine yes there is brian we have an entire podcast <laughs> full of my opinions
2: uh, it is
1: not. I throw in my five cents. It's not even five cents. It's the reason why I do this segment, because you never say anything. Let's go. I say a lot of stuff. I say I a lot want of stuff. I'm a very wise individual. I want an opinion now.
2: Okay. My opinion is they are underutilizing Samoa Joe. First of all, the, the man is a well-known independent wrestler, and Obviously, he was well-known in TNA. Like, I understand that TNA wrestling is a little bit different than WWE wrestling, but they are underutilizing that man drastically. Like, leave him on NXT for like a couple weeks, and then put him back up to the main roster. I mean, look at Kevin Owens. He spent how many months in NXT? Like, two? Uh,
1: Well, nine and counting.
2: Okay. Okay. Before he got bumped up to WWE roster, before he started making an appearance on WWE roster, five, five. Okay. And how many months has Samoa Joe been under contract with WWE now? Three. Three. Okay. So give the man a shot. Like I, I would, I would think Samoa Joe had a lot more experience than Kevin Owens. I mean, Kevin Owens did spend some time down in D circuit, but now, but now at NXT Takeover Brooklyn, we get. Baron Corbin versus Samoa Joe. That, I believe, is still the show. Yes. Dang it, this is my opinion. Do not interrupt my opinion unless I tell you to interrupt it. Woo! But, yes. So, So, my opinion is Samoa Joe should be called up on the main roster very soon and start hype for dream match against strong Cena at WrestleMania thirty two. That is my opinion. I am sticking to it. Good night. Wow. Huh? Yeah? Huh? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Tough enough episode whatever.
2: What the hell? Not not even feedback?
1: It took me five minutes to pull that out of you. If you would have said it five minutes ago I've been five minutes into my tough enough rant. I'm sorry, jerk brother. Go ahead, go with your rant. <sighs> God, tough enough episode number whatever. Paige told Josh not to fuck up, and gave and gave Sarah more shit, while Miz started the we hate Zizi portion of the show early. Uh, we went back to last week where after the show they all went back to the bunkers. And Chris Jericho had somehow left the arena at the same time they did and not only beat them there, but got pizza on the way. Of course. Great yes. Amanda's already starting shit on both ZZ and Sarah. ZZ took offense to Amanda insinuating that it's not important to just connect with the audience. Um, Jericho... It led to my uh, the most disappointing segment of this season. of tough enough when Jericho asked each of them what their favorite match was, and sadly, no one said Molina versus Alicia Fox. Uh, oh,
2: that would have been automatic victory for whoever said it. Uh,
1: but you know, the, the oldest match anyone mentioned though was Trish versus Lita from like ten years ago. Go um, figure. Unfortunately, they did not show the greatest challenge of all time, the Outdrink Jericho Challenge. Um, But it looks like Tanner was the only person to compete in that challenge because, oh boy, was that boy hungover the next morning. Um, Everyone was just being dicks to Tanner for being hungover. We then got a real challenge. Now, approximately once every two weeks on Tough Enough, uh, they do some wrestling training. And this week, they did some wrestling training. That's Uh, good. Yeah. Um, And the challenge was that they paired off into two people and set up and did a match. And we're on a three men and three women, so we had to have uh, two women facing each other, who was going to be Tanner and Gigi. Now, Brian, uh, how much of the show did you watch?
2: I got about a half hour into it.
1: So did you see Sarah and Gigi's ass No, I don't think I did. Well, they were both wearing leggings. And, uh, I think if Georgia would have spent more time wearing those and accentuating her ass, she'd probably still be on the show today. Hmm. Um. True. Of course, Sarah can't stop smiling, even as Jericho screamed at her to stop smiling. Um. The matches that they set up, Tanner versus Gigi, ZZ versus Josh, and Amanda versus Sarah, with the live audience being the NXT guys, one of whom was Solomon Crow, who Brian never noticed. I didn't watch it. Uh-huh. That's a likely story. Um, Amanda came up with the great storyline for the match, for her match with, with uh, Sarah, where the storyline was, Amanda is hot, beautiful, and athletic, and Sarah is not hmm. what 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 a storyline yeah, I feel it's a very highly anticipated storyline uh, they all three matches were basically the same exact match because even after seven weeks of training, they've still only done enough training to do an arm drag and a body slam which just makes my head explode because you know obviously Brian we've we've never done wrestling training but I'd like to assume that after 7 weeks you do more than a body slam and a hip toss Hmm.
2: yeah I I feel the same way I'm still there I was thinking about what you just said and yes I feel the same way that you do
1: uh, almost had like, two versus, months, like you said, and yeah Josh versus ZZ. uh despite being the baby face of the match, the audience was chanting for ZZ to do the truffle shuffle um Josh won with the body slam, uh Sarah Lee versus Amanda, Sarah couldn't stop smiling and taking bad bumps in the process uh this time, Sarah won with the body slam, and Booker just went off on her about smiling. And then we had Tanner versus Gigi's ass. Maybe I'm just going crazy. Like, yes, she she had a very nice ass. She was wearing those leggings the whole match. Uh, Well, she didn't take off her pants during the show, Brian. But uh, I could swear they kept changing camera shots just to make sure that her ass was always on TV. Understandable. The only time they managed to have it off camera was when she gave Tanner a hip toss and fell on her ass. Of course. Tanner actually won uh, with a schoolboy, and I must say uh, he he missed the spot, though. He should have pulled her tights. I feel the same way. Definitely. Now, Gigi was such a horrible babyface. She was supposed to be the baby face in this match against the big brawny guy who looks like Seth Rollins, but the yeah. fans, the NXT wrestlers are booing her, so Jericho had to point out that she was the baby face. Um, of course. I don't know what was wrong with her makeup, but her cheek looked three different colors, and not in the sense that, you know, mm-hmm. she had blush or whatever on. No, she was just having, you know, uh, powder or whatever, and... It was three different colors. Very noticeable on my giant, big-ass television.
2: Of course it would be on your giant, huge-ass, freaking television.
1: Uh, Josh was considered the winner. Sarah was considered the loser. Not that it really mattered. But this is when I realized that this show should be like Face Off. Do you ever watch Face Off, Brian? Once in a while, I'll catch it. Well, for those of you who don't know, it's a show on Sci-Fi where every week they all have to do a different makeup, and at the end of the day there's a winner who, basically the winner gets nothing except a pat on the back, but then they also have a bottom two or three looks, and of those bottom two or three, one of them are eliminated. And it made me think that this show literally should have just been like face-off. Every week they're paired off uh, to two people. They spend the entire show putting together a match, learning different moves, blah, 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 and then the show ends with them doing their matches. The coaches decide who had the best match, who had the worst match, and whoever had the worst match or worst matches were the bottom two or four, and one of them would be voted off. But nope. Makes sense. That made too much sense, Brian. Of course. True that. Uh, the last Believe tape segment was Jordan and Amanda reading mean tweets people send to them. And... We went back live for John Cena's first live appearance where he his new gear or his new T shirt is Miami Hurricanes colors green and orange and so Yeah, yes. So go buy John Cena's new shirt. It costs twenty five dollars I think and it'll go well with his blue shirt, his red shirt, his green shirt, his uh black shirt, his, and all of his other shirts. That yes, he, yes, of course.
2: That I have uh, lined in
1: my closet. Yes, his Nintendo shirt. That when I so I, I sold that on ebay and got like thirty five dollars for it. Nice. I'm still shocked to this day. I and then I I went right to WD dot com because I figured, you know, I'll go buy a bunch of these fucking things and sell them all on eBay. Unfortunately they discontinued selling them.
2: Makes sense.
1: Yep. Cena's nose by the way is now straight. And he all but said he's going to sports entertain at SummerSlam, which was made official earlier today on WWE.com. It's Seth Rollins versus John Cena, champion versus champion. Title for title. It's the ultimate challenge. It's WrestleMania. Not quite, Emerson, but close. It's a semi-main event on SummerSlam. Yeah. This was actually, I thought, the most useless guest appearance because at no point did Cena ever say anything to the contestants. It was just, hey, look, John Cena's here, and his nose is straight.
2: Uh,
1: Oh, that's why we have a show to get Yeah. Yep. Uh, Miz pointed out that Tanner had no personality in the match. Tanner said that he did exactly what the coach told him to do, and Miz told him off about that. I would like to point out that I don't know if it was last week, but it was recently. Paige yelled at someone because they were selling uh, during one of the moves, and that's not what Billy Gunn told them to do. So someone else got yelled at for not for not listening to Billy Gunn by selling, and now Tanner got yelled at because he did listen to the coach.
2: You went some, you lose some.
1: Yeah, um, please add one. Yes. Daniel Bryan, the nicest guy in the world, pointed out that Georgia was not playing face like she's supposed to, and that Jericho had to tell the audience that she's baby face. The bottom three were Tanner, Sarah, and Gigi, and as soon as they announced that, I knew Gigi was gone, uh, because Sarah always gets a shit ton of votes, and Tanner, you know, wasn't going to get kicked off. Um, Sarah, or Gigi, pretty much knew it was her, because uh, when she did her uh, baby face time to try to get votes, she talked about she has no regrets, even if she's voted off tonight. And, of course, she got voted off.
2: Gigi, your uh,
1: time is up here in the top
2: left the house.
1: I, I, I did laugh when A. Young was talking about how last week they got a record-breaking number of votes, which coincides yeah. with their record-breaking bad ratings. Yes, yeah, <laughs> last week was the least watched episode the entire season.
2: Mm-hmm. Go
1: figure. Yep. So I think it's pretty clear unless they do something on the network, this is gonna be the last episode or the last season of Tough Enough.
2: Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Uh,
1: Daniel Bryan hasn't used the save yet. Um Sarah, by the way, only had 43% of the vote, so I'm not sure if that's saying that her support is waning, or that people just like Tanner because Tanner had like 30%. Um, and so we'll have to see. But there's only two girls left. It's either the nicest girl in the world, Sarah Lee, who's got who's all cute and pretty, and you know everyone loves her, or the biggest asshole on the show, Amanda. I'm gonna go with the
2: asshole.
1: <laughs> Here, here's the thing: if it's a fan vote, Sarah and Zizi have won the contest because no one's voting against Zizi, and they sure as hell aren't voting for Amanda over Sarah. But if Kevin Dunn's the one that does the final vote, who and Kevin Dunn, by the way, is the person who's done every final tough enough decision, uh, and so if it's up to him, it's probably going to be Amanda. So we'll have to see. And
2: ZZ? Uh,
1: no, it won't be ZZ. It'll be Josh, because uh, they want Josh. Uh, you know, if Josh Lamont gets voted off, it'll be Tanner. But, I mean, that's it. Poor ZZ. Has
2: no shot in hell.
1: No chance. Yeah. That's the yeah. phone. And... It's funny because Kevin Dunn's the same person that's. The, it's the reason why Kevin Owens' push has been derailed, because, uh, you know, Kevin Dunn got in Vince's ear that Kevin Owens is too fat and shouldn't be being pushed above John Cena, and well, look what happened. Mm-hmm. He also said, he also said allegedly that Charlotte isn't pretty enough, so we'll see what happens from there. Well she is kind of
2: manly looking.
1: Yeah, but
2: whatever. I'm not I, gonna to I do mean it. the man is somewhat of the point.
1: <laughs> oh god. So that's tough enough. Only two more weeks. Thank God. I mean No, thank God. Yeah, because, you know, Brian watches every week. Every <laughs> Yeah. I, I don't have the patience to rant about Tetsuya Naito. Uh, just that uh, if I taped something last Saturday, you know, I would have been ranting off my ass. But here's the thing. G1, as most of you know, was finishing up this week. Um, and I was looking at the A block where before – the sh- before the uh show the other day on the uh tenth or the eleventh, excuse me, uh Naido, A. J. Styles, Roshi Tanahashi, and Bad Fall they all were tied with ten points, but Naito had Naido had pinned all three of them, so he had the tiebreaker. However, the block is whole, is all designed to come down to AJ and Tanahashi, and everyone knows that. However, Uh, Naito had two matches left Going into the last two nights And both of those matches Were against the two people Who were on the bottom of the Bracket uh, Both of them with one win The whole tournament Tenzan and uh, Doc Gallows And so it pissed me the hell off Knowing that he'd have to lose to at least one of them And it turned out the person he lost to Is fucking Doc Gallows Go figure. Yeah. Good old Doc. Yeah, Doc, so McStuff- Doc McStuffins? No, Brian, it's not Doc McStuffins. Or or What's or that? uh Sophia what? the First. Uh, either of them. No. Oh, bitch. I know you're sad, Brian, they were not gonna talk about uh Doc McStuffin's and uh Sophia the First. Very sad, very sad indeed. All right, so let's wrap things up, Brian. Have anything else to say to the people?
2: No, thank you for listening. Chugging along for
1: the 100th episode. Chugging along. Here's episode 80 next week. So long. Goodbye. Brian Sykes.